Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another night of broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments heard on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. If you are generally sensitive to certain topics and or have spiritual beliefs that prohibit you from discussing or participating in certain topics of a sensitive nature, listener discretion is advised. And now, located in in the bright golden studio of the soul of America Radio, I present to you right now, Tony Stallings in Tony Stallings some cat that's not even supposed to be text and he's texting back <laughs> I don't know man I don't know I don't know I, I can't make heads or tails of what I'm doing welcome back this is Tony Stallings let me bring, bring the music down go ahead and take it out alright man I got my staff in here tonight everybody's here we're all back in the studios it's like a big reunion um we got a lot going on, man. Uh, I had intended for tonight to be sort of like a tell-all night for the Soul of America Radio, what has been going on. But that changed um, after I had a conversation with some friends of mine in a Facebook room. Uh, you know, we got a group um, of us that are collegially connected together 
through uh, um, through Alabama State University band, and uh, so we got to talking about this situation in North Korea, and um, I mean I was amazed. I, I I just stuck up at the top. How about North Korea? <laughs> and about oh my God, about eighty. 80 different comments later, I realized that people really had something to say about this thing. So we got, I, I, I got everybody together, and I said, hey, look, would y'all mind, you know, just coming on, hanging out with me? And so that's what we're going to get into. I'm waiting on everybody to get into the show. I see a couple of them, and I see the boys lit up, man. I love y'all. I wanted to acknowledge um, WTRL Radio. Uh, they have really been supportive, and uh, t- Dr. Toronto Ray, Ph.D., is the first thing I want to do. She gave me a shout-out, and so I really appreciate that. Much love for her. Check her out, uh, Blog Talk Radio. Just type in WTRL. She's all over the place, and she's got some innovative stuff going on. Her and Mr. Curtis Taylor uh, have really been blowing my mind with their efficiency, so check them out. And a shout-out to Hot Topics Radio with uh, Tony Breedlove. Uh, man, I love them over there. I'm addicted to their show and uh, Hot Topics Radio. Also on Blog Talk, just type in there Hot Topics Radio, and we good. So the boards are freaking lit up. I got a lot of people calling in. The uh, you can get on the chat room by going to www.soulofamericaradio.com. Look into the left where it says Chat Registration, and register there. And how you get on the chat room is you go to the uh, to the website to listen, scroll down, you'll see the chat at the bottom. I'm just trying out the chat. That's something I don't do all the time. So I'm just really getting into the chat phase of it. I don't really get into that all the time. So I am communicating with about four people at the same time. (laughs) And I can't do it. All right. Yeah, okay. I got you. Okay, I got some people talking to me in the studios, and I got some people uh, on hold. Look here, I see see several people want to talk. I'm going to get to you, Eric Code 323. I know who you are. I know who you is. I'm going to get to you in just a minute. And um, I'm going to go ahead and open it up shortly. I really want to dive into the topic tonight. we got about an hour and a half. I usually kind of talk around. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into an early break so I can go into my back room and see how many of my panelists are here, how many people are present that are going to sit with us and kind of chat on this thing. Then we're going to start it off, kick it off, get the audio rolling so everybody can move on. I know a couple of the people that's on the panel with me. we got a big picnic tomorrow uh, in Montgomery, and so a couple of them are probably out to the state store and Wherever, whatever they're doing to get their heads right or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to hold nobody up for no pre-celebrations and understand. So, But, hey, man, it has been a blast. Before I let you guys go, I want to tell you that I appreciate the love and support I got when I had a family member that was ill. I had to stay away from the radio um, talk show circuit for about a year. Uh, I was spending close to 18 hours a day, 15, 14, 18 hours a day with, with, with my mom, basically. And uh, it was touch and go. It was pretty pretty rough at some point. I didn't know what the situation was, but she's pulled out of that now. So make a long story short, I'm back at the helm. Um, we had a show that we were starting 
last week, this week called the dinner table, that has been tabled. <laughs> We're no longer going to do the dinner table. That's that's history right now. So that's over with. So I want to apologize for that. We had some technical issues that we could not work out to get the show started. So that doesn't mean we're gonna have won't have anything of a similar nature in the future. Okay, and um, want to give a shout out to Tiki out there in uh, in Internet Land. She's been a good support for us. But we're back. Uh, and J.R. Thicklin uh, does a show Monday. Um, the domestic violence show. That brother's deep. Check him out. He's in the archives too. So, with that being said, I believe that most of my folks are here that are going to speak. I have lost my list full of numbers, so I'm, I'm unable to tell who I'm looking at. So, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to take a very quick break. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. I'm going to take a very quick break. When I come back from that break, we're going to dive into this thing, and we're going to talk about this. And to set it up, what we're doing is, um, man, this thing about North Korea has really, you know, we've been through some stuff with North Korea before, and, and I think um, most of you know that. And if you look back on it, Bush and Clinton, every time North Korea, you know, people are asking, and I, I wanted to save this for the show, but I'm just going to set this up for it. People are asking, well, you know, is Obama weak? Is Obama weak? Why ain't he doing nothing? Let me just say this, and then I'm going to get off, and we're going to get into this during the show with the guest panel. Bush and Clinton, every time the North Korean president would start some rhetoric, would give them whatever, basically whatever they wanted, something to calm them down, something that they would give them things, okay? Well, this administration, you know, Secretary of State Kerry, and Obama, they tell them we ain't giving you nothing. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to chill. And so I don't want to get too deep into the conversation, but that is part of what got me to do this show because people are are, are, are kind of kind of wondering really what's going on. They're thinking it's just the same old rhetoric. And I want to dive into that. And I, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna come back after this very quick break. I'm gonna set it up with a with an audio explaining who. The North Korean president is. It's going to give a little audio about it. So, hey, look, the boys are lit up. I love you guys. I am going to take a very quick break, and when I come back, we are going to um, have everybody lined up. I believe I got everybody. All right? Well, you know I'm from Alabama, right? <laughs> I'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. Alright, listen up, this here is Tony Stallings, and you're listening to the Soul of America Radio, and we're live, and we'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. Oh, 
www.soulofamericaradio.com And we've received lots of information from you guys, emails and, and inboxes and so forth, telling us that you enjoy our programming. And thanks a million. Uh, we have been working on some issues uh, technically and really haven't really done much broadcasting, but judging by our archives, you guys are listening by the multi-thousands, and we thank you. And if you want to get more information, go to soulofamericaradio.com. Give us a call tonight, 323-784-9638. Thank you. London, England, Germany, France, Italy, Bessemer, Alabama, or Selma, Alabama. Doesn't matter where you are. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. From coast to coast, east to west, this is the Soul of America Radio. I'm Tony Stallings Live. Welcome to my show, Talk Radio, Coast to Coast. Give me a call right now, Dynasty, a man not yet 30, in command of a nuclear arsenal, ballistic missiles, and the world's fourth largest army. But Kim Jong-un is in many ways an enigma, and a dangerous one at that. The youngest son of Kim Jong-il, he had a privileged upbringing, while millions of North Koreans starved, attending an elite boarding school in Switzerland under a false name. A Brazilian classmate remembers him as a shy teenager. He was very quiet. He didn't speak with anyone. He was a competitive uh, 
at the sports. It's uh, for him. Uh, he he didn't like to lose. He liked basketball and football and video games. His father had served a long apprenticeship before taking over the Hermit Kingdom. But Kim Jong-un was catapulted into the leadership, suddenly becoming a general in his mid-twenties without serving a day in the military. When his father died in December of 2011, Kim Jong-un became supreme leader and the state propaganda machine went into overdrive. They've been trying to establish this uh, myth regarding his expertise, he speaks eight languages, he's a military genius and, and uh, technical genius. And a leader with the complete backing of the military. In his first public remarks as leader, he spoke of the heartbreak of a divided Korea, but there was also a warning. Our military has become a powerful military, able to handle any kind of modern warfare with complete offensive and defensive capabilities. The foreign powers are not the only ones with monopoly on military supremacy. But he also promised no more famine. It is our party's firmest resolve not to let our citizens go hungry again. As he has consolidated his rule, Kim has tried to promote his youthful side, attending a concert with Disney characters and a youth festival, watching basketball with Dennis Rodman. Kim Jong-un has also married. His young, attractive wife was announced by state media as comrade Ri Sol-ju. But he has also reinforced North Korea's military first policy. Military first, that's what's up. All right, y'all. Y'all heard the man. Y'all heard the man. He said that he done built up his military, and that um, uh, basically he sounds pretty cocky. I'm gonna bring people on one at a time. The first person is Karad Harrell. Can you hear me, brother? Yeah, I can. All right, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. And I guess you heard what was going on. I'm gonna go ahead and bring my other guest in, uh, John Bow. You there, man? I'm here. All right, welcome to the Soul of America Radio. And also, I'm going to bring in my, another one, Mr. Woodson. Mr. Woodson, are you out there, sir? Yes, I am here. Welcome through the pearly gates of the Soul of America Radio. You gentlemen heard what this man said. I'm going to go ahead and start right into it. You heard what this man said. He said, because some of us talked about this. I don't know about all of us. I know some of us talked about this in the chat room, on the, in, the, uh, in the band chat room. He says that his military can deal with us now, and he feels pretty cocky about it. And today I heard he said that his first target is going to be Tokyo. He told Japan, you're going to be the first target. So I, I don't really want this to be a question-answer thing, but I kind of wanted to give a, 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 a lay a little foundation and then we go into it and kind of deal with it from there. And I'm going to give a timeline just briefly of what's up. If you've got any background noise, just kind of mute until we get ready. I'm going to skip from March 12th. I'm going to go brief. In March 12th of 2012, right, Pyongyang, that's uh, North Korea's capital, said it was going to carry out uh, an uh, uh, anniversary comm 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 recognition of his grandfather, okay? In April, defying warnings by the President Obama that Kim has nothing to gain from provocations, they launched a rocket, right? It breaks apart, falls into the sea. We all heard of that. 
Come August 2012, Kim visited the same military unit that was behind the 2010 attack on South Korea's island, where he was, you know, reminds the troops to get ready to fight a sacred war against Seoul. All right, he makes the he makes the the veil threat, okay, and he joined Seoul Washington's military exercise. He called him he he calls it he called the the, the Seoul Washington military exercise a war rehearsal to invade. So to me, right around that time was when he was beginning to get a little little funky. So bring it on up now to October, right, 2012. He claimed to have developed missiles that can reach the U.S. Maine, and that blew my mind. I don't know about y'all, but that blew my mind when he said he had weapons that could reach the U.S. Mainland. And I got some audio that, that, that some of the gentlemen on the panel may, panel may have heard that says that the, CIA, the uh, DIA kind of supports that. December 2012, Kim announced his plans to launch another long-range missile to renew, in a renewed effort to send a satellite into space. All right, two days after the government announces the launch, Winder is being... Push back because of the technical issue. All right, the rocket lifts off from the west coast of North Korea and it declares it a success. All right, 2013 in January, and I'm going over a timeline for those of you just joining in. North Korea announced it was planning a new nuclear test and long-range rocket launches. Okay, and all of which is part of a new phase of confrontation with the United States. And this is when it really starts. The threats came two days after the U.N. Security Council approved the broadening of sanctions. Now, that really P.O.'d Kim with the sanctions. That's what really got this thing started. I think Karat and I talked about that the other day. February 2013, North Korea carries out an underground nuclear bomb test on February, t- on February 12th. The test is designed to defend the country's security and sovereignty in the face of the ferocious, hostile act of the United States, the North Korean state-run Korean Central News Agency said, right? They said this nuclear test is our first measure which displayed our maximum restraint. Now, check this out. If the U.S. continues with their hostility, this is when it gets rough, John, and complicates the situation, it will be inevitable to continuously conduct a stronger second or third measure. All right, they better be glad some folks uh, didn't get that memo. 2013 in March, all right, that's where we are, just about where we are now. And I'm going to read this. Angered by U.N. Security Council sanctions over its nuclear test, North Korea threatened for the first time in March of 2013 to launch a preemptive nuclear strike against the United States and Korea, South Korea. It's one of a series of provocative threats and, in some cases, actions by North Korea that began with Pyongyang saying it's scraping the 1953 truce that uh, effectively ended the Korean War. Now, I'm going to skip over a bunch of this. Uh, North Korea threatens to attack U.S. and South Korea bases, putting its troops on alert. It announces through a state-run media that the military is ready for combat. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm through with that. And finally, we are where we are today. Um, they uh, begin uh, pledging to restart their nuclear complex and blah, blah, blah. Okay, gentlemen, you've, you've heard about this, uh, this uh, leader, and you've heard the rhetoric they've been talking about the last couple of months. So I'm going to start going around the room just kind of getting your feel on this, 
and I'm going to start with Karad. Man, what do you think about how this stuff got started, and where are you with it now as far as his him being so threatening all of a sudden, and why do you think it's going on? Um. Well, I feel like I mean the son um that's in charge now. I just think that he's um he's kind of backed into a corner to the point where he, he really can't prove anything. So he just he just kind of run off of the mouth right now, and um setting the U.S. position is. I mean, and otherwise, unless he's promote, I don't think he's gonna you know target anything. So you think he's trying to? You think he's being being new? You think he's yeah. really trying to prove something? Trying to prove who he is? Yeah, he has. Yeah, you got to. He has to. I mean, he's really living on the legacy of his grandfather and his father. So, mm-hmm. I mean, people by him being so young, a lot of those old military generals over there, they, you know, they um, I think they really the ones who who, who behind it all. Um, they kind of pulling. I think he's the puppet, really, because a lot of those guys they've been in, they've been in power over there since his father, since his grandfather. I think his father just got in office in like '94. That's when the, the grandfather. Uh, mm-hmm. That's when he died. So I, that's when he succeeded. But uh, a lot of those guys been over there for a long time. And uh, by him being like 27 years old and being promoted to a general before he even served some time over there, military really. And uh, I mean, I, I guess you can you can say it's, they they usually call that regime a cult anyway because they the way they act. But um, I, I really I, I just think he, he's just selling wolf tickets. You know, some, think, somebody in the chat see. room said the boy is young. He needs a mentor. The only person that has only reached out to him is Dennis Rodman. <laughs> That's sad. John, what you think, man? I, it's, now, what I heard, man, they said on this on this um, bi- biography of him that he had no military experience, and I think Karad can speak for this. Have you got military background, John? Uh, I do. Uh, I'm I'm from a military family. Uh, my dad served in the army. Mm-hmm. And ironically enough, uh, my dad was in the Korean War. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, therefore, he went over there. And we, we've been dealing with the situation with Korea for many years, at least since the 20th century, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they always been the, the people with no rules. You can't tell them what to do cause, because we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, with this kid, and have little to no military background, I agree with Karan with this situation. He's got the generals and the people who have been in the military for many years that's behind his back telling him to do this and do that. He's trying to establish his name and establish himself as the dictator in Korea right now. So that's why it's easy to throw out threats. So I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it's a funny thing, I was watching either CNN or MSNBC two nights ago where right on that border between North Korea and South Korea you have two guards. You have a North Korea guard and Mm -hmm. you have a South Korea guard. So therefore, both of them are watching each other's movements. I thought that was very interesting to know. If something pops off, they're going to move. They're definitely going to move. But in this particular situation, I guess in him that's doing threats, it's almost like he's trying to stir up the pot with um, Tokyo, uh, with the United States. I personally said I don't think he's going to do anything at all whatsoever. Hmm. 
Wow. But don't you think, though, and I'm going to bring on Mr. Woodson in a minute, but don't you think, though, man, that it's like, how can I put this? You, you know, when you was a kid, man, and, and you, you, you tell somebody, you know, the fella standing around, you say, hey, man, if you do that again, I'm going to beat your so-and-so. Okay, well, he does it again. Well, you got a choice. You can look bad in front of your buddies and not do nothing, or you can do something. And I'm thinking he's backing himself in a corner, man, to where he's going to have to do something to save face. Don't don't you see that, that on the road somewhere? I do. It's like peer pressure. Hey, man, try this. Hey, man, try that. Do this, do that. That's exactly what it is. He's going to do something to please the masses of the generals who's already there. And so by him, whether he's going to fire a rocket, hit the seed, whatever he's got, I believe they have something over there. We may not know exactly what it is, but they got something to do some heavy damage. But until he's pushed to that particular point, then as of right now, it's almost like we're playing a game of chess. Wow, and and I agree with you on that. To some extent, I, I, I still say, uh, you know, nobody really knows what's in his head. Mr. Woodson, are you you still there with us, right? Yeah. What's your take on this, Mr. Wilson? Do you think that after all we've heard, do you really feel like now, John, and do you really feel like he is to the point where he can get back in the corner and have to act? Uh, I, I definitely think that, that you know the variable of him being pushed into a corner is is definitely you know a realistic statement. However, comma. I I I think a lot of what we respond to or react to is media based. Hmm. You know, there's there's intelligence that we will not cannot will not be privy to as a US population, as mm-hmm. citizens that is. Um so, you know, it it is it's hard to really develop much of an opinion based off media. Media talks too much, that's just my opinion. <laughs> um <laughs> True. You know, and it kind of it, it and it provokes conversations like these, which I think you know it's a healthy forum. It you know it suggests that you know there are some people that are politically aware, have good situational awareness about themselves. Um, but do I think that um, Kim Jong Un is going to do anything? I don't know. I don't want to say he's not. Why? Because of some of the reasons that um, um, I believe Mr. Jumbo and Mr. Karad had already mentioned, is that you know he feels like he has to prove something. Well, not only does he feel like he has to prove something, but you know he's he has his own economy to run. He has a people that is you know they're suffering, they're starving. They have they have issues that they're having to deal with economically. So if if you look at that. And then what might fund or support their economic, you know, disproportionate um, state, um, their current like trade or market with with Iran or any kind of um, bordering, you know, extremist nations. And when the U.S. says between the U.S. and the United Nations, and they say, uh, pause, pump your brakes. Um, you know, they pretty much putting everybody in timeout, saying don't play with uh, North Korea. Well, that pushes them even more to a corner. Now, mind you, we're dealing with somebody that's trigger happy, young, eager, want to be known. So to say he's not going to do anything, I I can't quite 
say I can't say that I'm there to believe that he won't do anything. If anything, he's definitely got my attention um, as to you know whether he will you know will do something at all. I don't want to say he's not because I feel like he's just that far back into a corner, especially with those sanctions that were slapped on him because that's dipping yeah. into his pocket. You dip into a man's pocket, right? He's gonna respond. So right. that's that's where I stand on that. Makes him look bad too. And and now that everybody's spoken, feel free to jump in and hop in any way you want in the conversation at all. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the first audio clip. This is Obama urging North Korea to end the belligerence. Uh, and he made this, I believe, this morning. Uh, I kind of want to play a small clip. It's only about a minute long. Now is the time for uh, North Korea to uh, end uh, the uh, kind of belligerent uh, uh, approach that uh, they've been taking. Uh, and to try to lower temperatures. Nobody wants to see a conflict on the Korean Peninsula. We will continue to try to work to resolve uh, some of those issues diplomatically, even as I indicated to the Secretary General that the United States uh, will take all necessary steps to protect its people and to uh, meet uh, our obligations under our alliances in the region. I'm deeply concerned, and we share such a grave concern uh, together on this continuing tensions on the Korean Peninsula. Uh, I urge the DPRK authorities uh, to refrain from making any further uh, provocative measures and rhetoric. This is not helpful. And that last gentleman was a UN representative. So I'm going to pose this to anybody that wants it. Do we need to get tougher with these guys? Because Obama said we're going to protect our allies in the region, period. He says we need to exhaust all of our diplomatic efforts and procedures. Okay, my question is at what point should the U.S. and the allies abandon diplomacy procedures and start getting aggressive? I mean, we know where their missiles are. Why is that place not a parking lot? I mean, really? <laughs> I don't think that, that's not going to work. That's not going to work with this. All right, because, I mean, I mean, just like even in the Middle East, um, Korea is not a stranger to conflict at all. I mean, they, they've been in conflict for centuries. I mean, just like America. Um, and just like Jumbo said previously um, about the soldiers standing out on the 38th parallel, see, that's the DMV. Mm-hmm. You got the North Korean soldiers, you got the South Korean soldiers, and that's just some pretty much pompous circumstance. That's just, you know, <laughs> Some some form of civility, and, and I guess, but you know the war never really ended over there. Right. They, they just they signed a, a armistice. Um, right. Fighting ended in '53, I think it's like '53. Um, but the war was never officially declared over. Right. So, and um, even with that, the Korean War mm-hmm. was really the first mm-hmm. war, the Cold War. This is what they call a proxy war. Mm-hmm. You had the two. You had two superpowers. You had the U.S. and you had the Soviet Union. So that's when the Soviet Union was still, you know, before it dissolved, mm-hmm. right? So a proxy war is when you got two superpowers. They don't want to fight on their own homeland. So we ain't want to fight in America. Soviets ain't want to fight in Soviet Union. But they divided. They had. They divided the Korean Peninsula in World War Two. The Soviets had the north. We had the south. So instead of fighting on our homeland, we just took it to Korea because they was already at at odds with each other. So it really wasn't a Korean civil war. It was a war between us and the Soviets. And um, I just think 
when the Soviets did, they gonna bag them to a degree. We gonna bag the South to a degree. But as far as like that nuclear, if, if anything, I believe if anything gets nuclear, you gonna get China in it. You gonna get Japan in it. You gonna get a whole bunch of people in it. I don't think it's gonna go that far. I think the dude is just he's selling wolf tickets. He needs some food, and he just wants people to give him some money. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> if he go nuclear, he, it's, it's just the capability is just. I mean, I mean people that. World War Two ended in forty five. You know what happened then. Right. I mean we made like, you know, some Mongolian chicken out of Japan. We just bombed, you know, nuclear <laughs> weapons against Japan. Yeah, right. Japan and, and and prior to that you know that Japan ruled Korea. Japan was the sole ruler of Korea for thirty five years. Mm-hmm. Prior to forty five. So after Japan surrendered, that's when we took over. We took over the South, so we you know, we because we were allies with, with the Soviets, with the Russians, mm-hmm. and they split Korea up. But because the Soviets were such a big superpower, we were, we were, and we were such a big superpower, we were the only two superpowers on Earth. Right, right. So you, who you gonna watch? Why watch Japan? Why watch uh, Germany? Germany, we destroyed Germany. So people, we look at you. Don't look at the body. You don't look at somebody as competition who you know can really do you harm, and that's the Soviets. So really, I think behind the scenes, it's really something between us and them. You mean us in North Korea? No, not North Korea. The Soviets. The Soviets. I got it's, you. I got you. The Soviets. It's really, it's the superpowers pulling at each other like, you know, we can do this, we can do... Because they're just not going to let us go to North Korea and just take right. out of North Korea. Because that was, we had an agreement. You know, we deviate from our agreement in World War Two, out of Korean War, West and the Soviets can't do it. So how are we going to get in this thing? If if they were the, the nuke South Korea, how can we get in it? I don't think they're gonna nuke South. I mean, I mean, really? Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, I mean, okay. China, China has already kind of backed it. China said at one breath, "We got you," but then in the next, the next breath, they saying, uh, "Why don't you sit down a minute?" You know. So it's like they're kind of backing themselves in the corner, even from some of their allies. Wouldn't you think so? I, I, I think that. Uh, China is trying to play it safe. I think right now the, the the big powers that are in the middle of this, that are, you know, the the, the corners of this entire, uh, uh, I want to say, conversation, diplomacy, mm-hmm. you know, I think that these, the major powers are trying to be diplomatic because if you live, China wasn't specific. The president of China, um, President Kai, um, XI, he specifically, he didn't mention any names. He didn't spe- he didn't specify, you know, um, Pyongyang. He didn't mention Seoul. He didn't mention United States. He didn't mention Guam. He just simply said there is, you know, I'm paraphrasing. There is, there is absolutely no need to uh, cause um, world world um, uh, chaotic drama. Uh, for personal gain, there's there's absolutely no need. So, I, you know, I think the the people with the the people with the aces in their hand, to me, in my opinion, are the United States, China. You know, those those are the key players. Um, and so your your original question, if I remember correctly, uh, Mr. Stallings was, uh, you know. Exactly, you know, 
what happens? How do we respond? You know, I don't. I, I really think that to me, diplomacy is the best method. Do we should we just run in and be hasty and start mm-hmm. tearing stuff up? Uh, no, can you know continue? You know, because there's intelligence that says whether or not you should move or not move. We all learned that from the past president, the the past you know pre Obama. I was just about to know, say that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we learned that. we learned pre Obama with President Bush is that. He was extremely hasty in going in, talking about weapons of mass destruction. Not a firecracker, per my brother Steve Harvey. Not a firecracker, <laughs> not a single firecracker. But yet and still, our soldiers are over there losing their lives on a day-to-day basis, looking for something that didn't even exist in the first place. So the lessons learned, the after-action review, and that is, let's not be hasty. Let's continue to act on our um, our, our our efforts of uh, diplomacy. And talk this young kid down. Talk, you know, daddies always talk to their sons. Hey, son, shut up, sit down, take a break, pause, think about it. And I think that's exactly what um, Secretary of State John Kerry did when he went over there. Um, you know, hey, look, you know, we will protect our allies, but you know, there's no new, there's no need of me wasting my breath if you're not going to listen. Um, so the only talk that we will have, the only is diplomacy, and I think that that obviously further back Kim Jong-un into a corner again because it's like, well, the only way the U.S. is going to talk to me is if I come out willing to negotiate. So either Kim, Jong- Kim Jong-un is going to have to, you know, step up and, you know, put his, uh, put his money where his mouth is, or he's going to sit down, pull out his paper and pencil, and listen to what superpowers like China and the U.S. has to say. I agree. Hmm. Uh, I think he will. I, I think I think he will do something. I mean, to the degree. I, now listen to it a little bit more. Let you talk about it. Just think about it. All right. Your dad is revered as a god, right? You, as a child, you brought up your dad is. People look at him when they see him, they start crying. So I mean, from mm-hmm. the time you're born to you get of age, you feel like, man, you know, you you're pretty special. So mm-hmm. now your dad dies, and now all of what he had is a, a sin upon you. Now, you're the supreme ruler, irregardless of his age. Now, he rules those people. So if he doesn't do something, then his word is irrelevant. Those people are not going to follow him. So it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to take something. But as far as, like, that nuclear thing, I don't think that he really wants – he don't want to see us with that. He, the kid's smart now. He went, I think he went to school in, like, England or somewhere, or, uh, Liverpool, somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. So he has, you know, he, he, he's educated. But when you're talking about, when you're talking about like nuclear warfare, it's, they still in like the prehistoric ages of that. They do have nuclear capability, but they don't have a delivery mechanism to get it as far as they want to get it. They have never reached U.S. mainland. Now, they could probably, they, they have it in, in from what they say, um, they have it as a bomb. So they can get a bomb or anything. They can put it on a plane and go drop it somewhere, use a drone, balloon, drop it. But you talking about the Soviet, you talking about us, Russia, China, we got MERS, we can sea base munitions where you can, they can shoot those Trident missiles from submarines. They can go out in the atmosphere and drop several, ten nuclear weapons on any spot in the world they want to. See, they ain't nowhere close to that. So they don't want to see us when it comes to that because they would. It, well, I, I think with the peace, we have a, 
with NATO, we're not supposed to use nuclear weapons offensively. Mm-hmm. Now, if they were to use it preemptively, we could use it. But mm-hmm. after that, it, it, why would he want his whole family dynasty that's been in power for an excess of 60 years? It's going to be regime change if he, if he pull a trigger on even one of them artillery shells. They're going to they be done. We're going to have new elections and everything in North Korea. So, like, um, <laughs> what's the thing? You know, like he said, it's gonna have you're gonna have to it's gonna have to be worked out. To, you know, uh, with some diplomacy, uh, his family is gonna you know they're gonna be like the Hussein. Wow, and you know, um, I'm gonna take a quick break. I want to come back with an audio that talks a little bit more. That that talks where you hear John Kerry talk a little bit more about uh, their their nuclear power. Um, you know, like I said in the past. We've pretty much given them things when they when they acted up. But uh, I wanted to get that audio clip in, and then I'm going to get back into the, the conversation. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Y'all hold tight. Radio with our guest panelists, 
Mr. Woodson, John Bow, Karad Harrell, and welcome, Mr. Jonathan Murray. You, you, st- Murphy, Murray, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Murphy, is, is Murphy. Murphy. I knew that. I knew yeah. that. I just wanted to see if you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man, welcome to the panel. I know you've been listening. I'm gonna play a quick audio. And then I'm gonna come back and hear what you got to say about it. Uh, have you heard most of the show? Uh, no, no, no. I've been uh, trying to get on to the show, actually. Okay. All right. Well, welcome, man. I'm gonna play this quick audio. Now, this is John Kerry talking about us, uh, and and I guess the title of this was, "Do we need to get tough on North Korea?" I'm gonna play that audio. Right. Thanks for having me. Let's go to News Alert now on Secretary of State John Kerry making his first trip to South Korea with a warning that North Korea's missile launch, if they go through with it, would be just a huge mistake. We have Mary O'Grady here, member of the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, to talk a little bit more about that with us. Good to see you, Mary. Hi, Connell. All right. Um, what do you make of the Secretary's comment? I'll tell you one thing that stood out to me, and we'll see whether they go through with this launch, we'll talk about in a second, is that he used the language of, we will not meet, we, the United States, accept a nuclear-armed North Korea, which has been our policy um, for some time, I believe. But aren't we already accepting it? Don't they have some sort of nuclear weapons right now? Well, I think what the Secretary Kerry is trying to do is kind of throw down a, a more uh, firm line that yeah. the, neither the Clinton administration nor the Bush administration pursued. I mean, they both, every time North Korea made some kind of gestures about being aggressive, they gave them something. They gave them some kind of uh, concession. And I think that this time John Kerry is trying to uh, make it very clear that he's not going to get any anything from this bluffing. And I think that's a very important step to be taking. But China is the most important lug nut in, in, for, in, in basically forcing China to do anything. What do we know about where China stands right now? Well, I mean, China has always enjoyed the kind of problems that North Korea gives the United States and sort of keeping the U.S. on, on, on guard. Uh, but John Kerry will be going to Beijing to talk to the Chinese about not just what we want them to do, but why it's in their interests to contain this guy because this this guy is I don't think he's acting rationally. I mean, he's really got a lot of interests that relate to his own power inside the country because he's very young and he has to prove his mettle to the military leaders. Um, but I think that everyone is very nervous about whether he might try to do something completely crazy as an act of desperation. Kerry will be in China tomorrow and then Japan on Sunday. So if he goes through, the, he'll go through, as you said, with those conversations. But what if Kim Jong-un still tests as the fear is now or the concern is one of these mid-range missiles could fly over Japan potentially and all that? If he goes through with it, then what do we do? How do we respond to something like that? Well, I think the ideal would be to shoot it down. Uh, but I think that there's a little bit of uh, concern that if we are not able to do it, then that will put us in a, in a position that makes us look weaker. Um, if, he, if he does, I think that we have to work harder to get help from But even if it's allies. going over water and we know that, shoot it down anyway, you think? Oh, yeah. Just to oh, make a yeah. point. No, no, no. We have to let this little guy know that he's not yeah, allowed. You know, we're not going to spend the next four years kind of, you know, trying yeah. to. How much do we know about what? the country is capable of at this point in terms of missile technology? Well, you know, that's an interesting question because yesterday there was a, a U.S. lawmaker right. who came out and said that they actually have the technology to uh, put a, a, a nuclear missile in the air. Uh, but th- that came from the Defense Intelligence Agency. 
But there are other people at the State Department right, who say that they don't quite have it yet. But I think, you know, why are we going to wait until they have it? Right. Uh, I think we have to contain them ahead of time. And we have too often given to their concessions. This is a country that's very poor, and they just closed down this big industrial site near the South Korean border. That was a big source of hard currency for them. So they're backing themselves into a corner, and I think that we, we need to take a very tough stand. So it sounds like you're in the this time it's different camp when you compare Kim Jong-un to his father or his grandfather. You think this is different than the bluffing that we've seen in the past? Well, I think it's more dangerous because the technology is further along and also because this uh, new dictator doesn't have any experience. And as I said, he has something to prove inside his own country. So he, he actually, I think, is feeling some risks to yeah. his legitimacy inside, and so he could act in a more desperate and manner. And then his grandfather's is his birthday is April fifteenth. Yeah. So we, we need to be careful of that yes. date then. Right. That's the day that they might. Uh, they, there's an expectation they might send the missile off. Thank you very much for coming in. Now, now, Jonathan, man, we've been talking yeah. about this for a minute. Um, my thing, and what I said at the beginning of the show, I, I posed it out to everybody, and I, and I still feel this way for some reason. We know. Yet they have come a long way in their military, I, I, I guess, because uh, John brought out the, the the fact that we're only going by what the media is telling us. Number one, um, from some other audio I've heard, it sounds like South Korea wants to negotiate now. My thing okay. is this. We know where they're keeping their missiles. We know this man has no military experience. And like like I think it was Karad said, the man has, has got some education. But I think most importantly, I don't know who's really advising him over there. And like like uh, like like John brought out, he doesn't have any military experience. So I'm sure in the back of their minds they're saying this boy don't know what he's doing, and they're telling him what to do. Why don't we just, why not just make the missile site a parking lot? I mean, I don't understand. We got the capability. The man is escalating, and I understand Karaj said, we, uh, that was uh, Mr. Wooden said, we can't just go over there and blow this place up. But look at this. He has defied every single thing since last year. What do you think about that? The retaliation from China would be enormous. But China's no, kind of pulling away, though, aren't they? Man, no. He, hey, that was, a, that was one of the smartest things I heard all day right there. China. China. You know. So you think so you think that we need to kind of watch what we're doing because of China's affiliation with them? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I, 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 you know, from that broadcast that you just played, from that clip that you just played, I hear some similarities to the past. Uh, I'm not a. Well, I, I, I am a bit of a history book, but if am I mistaken and I'm not talking on the racial uh aspect of it, but am I mistaken in thinking that Hitler also didn't have any much military knowledge as well? Now that I don't know. You know anything about that, Karad? Say that again. He, he asked that Hitler, Hitler didn't have uh, military knowledge, did he, Karad? Uh, are you talking about the, the ruler over there now? No, no you're saying Hitler. Hitler, Germany. He didn't have military knowledge when he stepped oh, into power. Okay. Huh? What, man? I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Well, I'll assume he didn't. What's your point? I'm going to assume he didn't. My point is the the whole being young Mm -hmm. and having this much power and having things to prove. Uh, And I'm venturing away from your question a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. some things that kind of disturbed me when I was hearing it. It's things I thought about before. But young man having that much power, having something to prove. Uh, I like what they said at the end. His grandfather's um, birthday would have been April 15th. Uh, It does send up a bit of a red flag because this whole thing has been ongoing for a while, but he stepped it back up recently. Because when the father died, when Il died, Kim Jong-il died, uh, it looked like he might be going in a different direction. But mm-hmm. sure enough, he started to turn back to the rhetoric that his father was putting out. And uh, for lack of better words, increasing the volume. Now, and you know uh, you're right. All right. You were right about Hitler. I just looked it up. He he didn't have much military experience. In fact, he was sort of like dodging the army. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't have much military experience. And he did, he never was officer material, they said. I'm looking this up on Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, go ahead. You, what, what were you saying? Going back to the earlier question about, uh, as, as you put it, I know you were just putting it as, Basically, an analogy, shouldn't we just go turn mm. that area into a parking lot? Mm-hmm. I don't know um, of China's military, well, not military capability, but their nuclear capability. The last time I looked it up, and this was about six or seven years ago, there are only eight countries that have nuclear capability, and I don't remember if China was one. I know it's us, Russia. Yeah, China's um, one. They have it. China is one. Yeah, um, yeah they have it. But is it to the scale of us and Russia? I was about to say the USSR, but us uh, and Russia? Cause uh, I don't know. Last... They have some. As a matter of fact, I just researched the other day. They had a, um, they, they got a, a thing called, I want to say the tri-nuclear pact. And um, what that means is um, any country whose capability is you have um, obviously the, the most, like I said, the, the, the most one that most, con- that most nuclear capable countries have is the capability of delivering a weapon from um, the platform of a plane. And But now, I think in the, in the 60s, they came up with uh, MERVs. And MERVs are what, multiple multiple reentry vehicles and where they can put okay. they can actually put nuclear warheads several nuclear warheads on a missile and they have a trajectory where they can go out in the atmosphere and they can put in coordinates on each one and they can dismantle from the rocket and they can hit different coordinates on the planet. That's ballistic, isn't it? That's ballistic. That's uh no, those are MERS. Well they can put them on ICBMs or intercontinental ballistic missiles. But they call them MERS. Okay. Okay. Now they went away from they went away from from those. Uh, well, I mean, I know that America did, but the Soviets still had a capability. 
but China, I know China does have it where they can put it on a missile. But North Korea is like okay. eight away from that. So but they All do. Right. Have, I mean, like India, you have any country. I mean, India is nuclear capable. Uh, China, Japan is nuclear capable. Even Israel. I mean, they say Israel. It's a question mark, but you know, if we support Israel, so Israel is nuclear capable. Um, a lot of countries. Yes. Israel, Pakistan, from my, my knowledge, Israel, Pakistan, us, now that you, you're telling me China, Russia, uh, I think there are three more that I'm, I'm, I'm missing. But to use, and again, this is lack of a better word, and it's, I guess street terminology as well. What I'm I'm concerned about and what I'm wondering because I I understand the relationship that the United States has with Israel. I know it, it seems I am a bit jumping around, but I'm gonna get to a point. Uh, and they say we've had a little bit of tension since President Obama has gotten in office with Israel. That's I think the media is overhyping that. Uh, but using, again, street terminology, my question is, does China have North Korea's back like we have Israel's back? Because I know, and and we've witnessed that we will fight teeth and nail for someone that is threatening Israel. Uh, and so to answer that question, I'm a, Go ahead. Now, to answer that question, I'm going to say yes. Because uh, uh, Tony Stalls was asking earlier, why not go ahead and turn North Korea into a parking lot? We can't do that. Because right. China and North Korea, do, they do have a partnership. So anything, anything we do to them, it's going to be some form of a retaliation. So that's why we're going to have to step back. And just play our cards right. And see, that's that, that's what I'm saying. I, I know there would be some form of retaliation, but my point is that to the extent that here's the example: if Israel today fired a rocket, and I'm not going to use a rag, but fired a nuke nuclear missile into Egypt, a a nation that is more um, unified with the Arabic nations. I don't like to use the word Muslim because I don't want to group those uh, nations by the religion. That's not a conversation I want to get into, but I I don't want to make it a religious thing. Those are Arabic nations. A lot of people do that. Kind of bothers me. But if, if Egypt is strongly grouped with the Arabic nations because they aren't supporters of terrorism. Now, if Israel was to launch a missile into Egypt, and Egypt we retaliated, then, and I may be speaking out of turn, there's a possibility that we might write Egypt off of the map. And what I'm saying is, does China have that same back with North Korea? 
That's an interesting question. Very interesting. Hold on, we're gonna bring another caller that we're gonna bring another caller in that wants to get in on area code six six two. You're on the Soul of America radio. Hey Tony, this is Tiki. How are you? Hey Tiki, what's going on? (laughs) Not a lot. What you think about it? Your conversation. Well, um, to start with, that are equipped. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Tom? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. As far as countries that are equipped with nuclear capabilities, uh, the number one country with the most nuclear warheads on the world right now is Russia. They have 10,000. The United States is second. We have 8,500. France has 300. China has 240. England has 225. Pakistan has some. India has some. And Israel has about 80. Those are the only countries in the world that has nuclear capabilities. North Korea does not. Iran does not. Japan does not. Any um, preemptive aggression against North Korea will be answered by China, just like any preemptive aggression on Israel will be answered by the United States. It's the same thing. Now, that does not speak to if Israel or Iran should strike first. I mean, Israel or um, North Korea should strike on someone else first. And that is why the United States is appealing to... Hello? Hello? Yeah. Uh, you faded out. Hey, I want you to listen to something before you finish. Uh, when you mention that they are not a nuclear power, listen to this audio. Okay. High-level meetings on the North Korean Peninsula talking about the nuclear crisis. Secretary of State John Kerry is in Seoul this morning, and from there he plans on traveling to China. The high-stakes diplomacy comes as we learn new details about the North's nuclear capabilities. ABC's Lana Zak has the very latest from Seoul. Accidentally declassified, this new government report on North Korea's nuclear capabilities says with moderate confidence the North currently has nuclear weapons capable of delivery by ballistic missiles. North Korea has performed three previous nuclear tests, but being able to actually weaponize those nuclear capabilities on a missile would be an alarming development. However, it's one the North should not depend on. The report goes on to say that their reliability would be low. It seems that this report was actually never intended to be public, leading to some interesting questions. General, would you agree with that assessment by DIA? You know, Congressman, with the number of caveats you put on the front end of this, I'm not going to, I can't touch that one. One of the biggest developments here in South Korea, President Park indicated she's now willing to talk to North Korea, a departure from many in her party, while President Obama also pledged to protect U.S. interests abroad. The United States uh, will take all necessary steps to protect its people and to uh, meet uh, our obligations under our alliances in the region. Meanwhile, over in the north, behind all the bluster, tourists are still arriving into Pyongyang. Okay, I'm going to cut it there. The DIA says nu- North Korea has nuclear capabilities of delivery with ballistic missiles, but the rea- but the but the the real the real it's not reliable. But they can Tony, carry. Um, you well, need to, a, hold you a minute. Need to, 
and there's no, but he did go back and say, Karen said there's no full developed or fully tested system exists. But that report, Tiki, was leaked. It wasn't supposed to get out. It said they have nuclear capabilities to launch a, a, a weapon in the mainland of the United States, but yet you say they have no nuclear capabilities. Tommy, I think you're getting excited over nothing. Number one, you should when the news report tells you that something has been leaked, uh-huh. I mean, really, is that what you want to depend on? Something is suddenly declassified and the media has it and they can report on it? So we're talking about total nuclear warheads. When you ask, when you talk about, I think Karad and one of the other gentlemen talked about having a nuclear warhead that you have the ability mm-hmm. to put in the atmosphere and actually do damage with. Yeah, that they've got several missiles that can do no, that. that is not, no, that is not something North Korea has. They, do not, they are not listed as having nuclear warheads. I just told you where all of the nuclear warheads on Earth were located in eight countries. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Let me ask you something on that. Where did you get that information from? The media, right? No, maps of the world. That that's a form of media, right? Well, no, not really. Hey, hey brother Solomon, let me interject. I, Go I, ahead, bro. Um, Sister Kiki, um, um, just for the sake of this dialogue, I respectfully disagree um, because because the United States put sanctions on North Korea. That was uh, an imposition to prevent them from creating nuclear warheads. So if they have nuclear warheads, that's not supposed to be privy knowledge to us. So it's it's kind of like telling your child, um, no, you can't have cookies. But if they go to their room and, and they constantly hide in the room and the door is closed, but you go in there to do a little, um, little check or whatever and you find cookies in the room, well, you knew they weren't supposed to have them, but they had it anyways. So, you know, and and again, you have to understand that information that we have. Well, I think is that's only kind of like a, a, I think that's kind of a, a elementary analogy. I don't think that's really that really encompasses the reality of what we're talking about here, yeah. or whether or not your child got cookies. Your child can go to the store and get, get cookies, but we know there's a lot more that goes material-wise, that goes into being able to make a nuclear warhead. I'm talking about cookies. <laughs> okay, but again, but you have to understand okay, the analogy. To me, the, the, analogy, the, the analogy is, is very clear-cut. You know, I was just trying to make it as simple as possible. So the point is simply this. They, they have, if they, if, in, if being the probable, you know, the, the coin phrase there, if they have anything, it's not like we're privy to that knowledge because they weren't supposed to have it in the first place, given the sanctions that the United States put on them in the first place. Well, I'm, I'll, you know what? I'll leave it here. And when I listen to news reports, when I bother to listen to any news report, it's important to hear what's being said and what's not being said. It's important to understand what's being implied and what's being put out there to generate hype and excitement within the population uh, to get, to garner support for one side or the other. Frankly, I don't care if if North Korea has nuclear warheads. That's the bottom line for me. I, don't, I think if they do have nuclear warheads, they're not going to use them. Will they use some kind of a bomb, atomic or otherwise? They might. 
he may get pushed to the point where to save face he has to do something, show some sign of aggression. But at the end of the day, will it be neutral? I think that's a mute conversation because I don't think he ever will get to that point. Because let's face it, I mean, that's kind of the end of everything, right? And then if he does something like that um, preemptively and he misses and the United States um, has an obligation to um, to retaliate, there are 8,500 nuclear warheads in the United States. North Korea simply wouldn't exist anymore. So what would be the whole point of that? Why well, take that chance? So he might do something, but I don't I don't think I think what we're being said in the media is not really what's happening for real. Interesting. Uh Erico two three nine, you're with us on the Soul of America Radio. What's your question or comment? Hello? Erico two three nine, you're on the air. I'm on the air. You want to talk? Yeah, yeah, I want to talk. What's your uh, comment? What? Oh, I need, I need to know, why do I hate niggas so much? Okay, he got cut off miraculously. Um, okay, sorry about that. This, this, go ahead with your comment. I'm sorry about that. Yes, sir, I, go ahead. Uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, Miss Tiki, is, is Tiki or Tiki? I'm, I don't want to mistake your name. Um, well, I'm going back to a few comments that she made. No more, Ms. Um, Tiki, can, can I ask, have they recently de- um, downgraded all of those numbers that you just mentioned? More importantly, I'm talking about Russia and the United States. Because, again, about six years ago, the last time I looked, it was something like we actually had 12,000 some odd warheads, and Russia had 20,000. Still the same um, ratio, but hopefully. But the it, thing, it, I, it, I think the bottom line is it doesn't matter who has how many. If any one is used, then all the conversation in the world is mute. It's, it's over, right? There's no point. No. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. No, I was just asking for personal information. Now, I, what I was trying to point out about that, I, that was something that I was actually glad about if they were getting rid of these nuclear warheads. Uh, but something that really stri- struck me from the clip that you played, Brother Star, mm-hmm. is that they said they have the capability, but... They don't necessarily have the um, missiles to actually launch that. Right. They're saying that it's there, but it's just not reliable. And I got another clip. I'm going to take a quick break because we're coming up on the last of the, the, the hour. Okay. They're saying now, that I, and they don't have the reliability. They're, 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 they're not reliable is what they're saying, and they have not been fully tested. But it's okay. there. Hold on a second. We're going to be right back. Y'all hang on. Don't go nowhere. Hang in, hang in there, Tiki. Don't go nowhere.
all over the world, including Selma and Bessemer, Alabama. Thank you for letting me know you're listening to Tony Stallings Live. The Soul of America Radio wishes to invite you to join us every Monday night at 9 Eastern and 8 Central as we join host J.R. Thicklin in his show, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Jay deals with the horrible issue of domestic violence and domestic abuse. You can join Jay if you know somebody that's suffering from this or if you have first-hand knowledge of it. Join us on Monday night. And remember, domestic violence is something we can't ignore. Thank you. Live, a.k.a. Tony Montana, right here on the Soul of America Radio. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Groovy. Welcome back to the Tony Stalling Show. 323-784-9638. Press 1 if you want to speak to the host. We're back. Man, we are just about out of time. We only got a few minutes. I, I had a quick clip I wanted to play. Uh, Tiki dropped, so I thought she was hanging up, but she dropped. And I had a quick cl- clip I wanted to play, and I'm going to go around and get everybody's opinion on something. This is just a two-minute clip. Uh, I don't know if I want to play that or not. With us warning. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play this quick clip. As U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry set foot on the Korean Peninsula for the first time, he found himself on somewhat shifting ground. He met a South Korean president whose government, until Thursday, was refusing to negotiate with North Korea to encourage a scaling back of its belligerent posture. Now, Park Geun-hye is saying dialogue is a necessary first step in lowering tensions. At a joint news conference with South Korea's foreign minister, Mr. Kerry said the U.S. was deliberately lowering its own rhetoric, but still had this message for Kim Jong-un. We are all united in the fact that North Korea will not be accepted as a nuclear power. The rhetoric that we're hearing from North Korea is simply unacceptable by any standard. Talks between the U.S. and Pyongyang, he said, could only come with preconditions that North Korean denuclearization was on the table, something the North has ruled out. But with South Korea apparently eager to reopen the Kaesong Joint Industrial Complex, which North Korea temporarily shut down this week, its foreign minister was offering a different approach. 
Well, this was a difficult line for John Kerry to tread, here to issue a stern warning to Pyongyang not to launch a missile, not to engage in further provocation, but at the same time expected to support an ally which was shifting its position from no negotiations to offering talks with Pyongyang. In the North Korean capital... I'm going to stop it there. So what's up with that? Why is South Korea all of a sudden? Because last week they were saying, we, look here, look here, man, look here. We ain't backing down. Y'all going to have to chill. And and when by the time Kerry got off the plane, they're going, we want to talk. We want to talk. What's up with that, anybody? Um, well, is that a good thing that, that they want to negotiate? Or is that, a, is that showing a sign of weakness? Because in my mind, that means that in the future, when North Korea gets in a tight, they're going to threaten again. They, and they, you know, it's, it's making them look weak in my eyes. Anybody feel differently? Uh, that, uh, you, uh, hey, that's, that, that's the liberal attitude, man. That's what, that's what we at now. You give them a little something, they'll shut up. When they get hungry again, they'll want some more. So <laughs> that's pretty much all it is. You know, they give them some school stamps, man. <laughs> No, no. Now, whose voice is this? The speaker. It's Karan. Okay. Well, look. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, Let me get this straight. Are you saying that the South? You saying the South Korea looking weak um, by wanting to negotiate with North Korea? Yeah, that's my position on it. I said that. He didn't say that. I said it okay. can be a sign of weakness no. to North Korea. Oh, you're saying it's a sign of North Korea to want to negotiate? No, no, no. I'm saying that you come out and you said no negotiations. I ain't got nothing to say to you. I ain't got jack to say to you. But then I threatened some more missiles and I threatened some more nuclear activity. And next week you come and say, okay, all right, we can talk now. I'm saying North Korea might get the concept that, well, all I got to do is talk a little louder next time when we get in this situation. You follow it now? Yeah, I'm tracking you. Uh, hey, Tony, right. I'm going to say something, man. You know something you forgot to say? What's that? When we started this, the, the whole purpose for all of this was some exercises that's going on over there. They do every year. Mm-hmm. North the America and South Korea do those joint military exercises. That's the only reason. All of this is going on. They felt on threat because the U.S. threw them beat. They, they flew them B twos right over their head. Right. And they know they came through them with those B twos. They got all those strategic battleships out there in the Pacific. They don't know. They, they just they feel like if something was to pop off, they can't do nothing about it anyway. Because them B twos nuclear capable. Them battleships nuclear capable. They got those F twenty twos over there. So really, the North is like they they are surrounded by the force of the U.S. Yeah. South Korea's our ally. So really, all they're doing, they just barking because they see our presence over there. I mean, it's all, we always keep 37,000 troops over there since 1954. It's been 37,000 U.S. troops stationed in South Korea. Right. So, let me get this uh, Let me get this other one. 561, you're on the Soul of America radio. What's your question and comment? Well, my comment is basically on part of what you were saying there. You know, a lot of this is just poetic uh, poetic uh, prose being played out here. 
there is a lot of hype in the media concerning this, and basically the young ruler of North Korea is playing this to his advantage to a certain degree. He's gotten a lot of attention. He's like a small kid who's now on the throne. So he's drawing a lot of this attention to himself, but it's kind of like we used to say, he's not going to bust a grape because to do anything, he knows that that threatens him. It destroys everything that he could be. But it's kind of like, notice me, I'm my own man, but he's not going to do anything. And, uh, and basically this is really being hyped up by the media because, in fact, once again, it's, it's going to reflect on Obama to a certain degree. We're trying to get out of another war. And so to draw, to draw our interest back into things like this only gives more ammunition to talk about. Uh, he does a great job. I mean, who, who uses Dennis Rodman as some type of proxy, you know, amb- you know ambassador? <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, it's ridiculous. So it, it is it is hilarious on one hand, but on the other hand, it's causing enough a buzz in the media to get people to talk about it. But he's not going to bust a grape because he understands that he has no place to go inside of this unless he just simply want to go down as being the one who destroyed his own country. Well, Jay, what do you think about that? I don't know if you were on earlier when I played that little clip that the DIA uh, says that uh, they came out at first and said, well, they've got nuclear capability enough to reach to the mainland. Well, they have the capability to launch a rocket, and they said that it may not have been nuclear, but it could be high explosive. Either way it goes, like uh, like uh, Jonathan was saying, we don't know if they got it or not. But the point remains what? is, what do you think about the fact that what if what they're saying is true? Tiki came on and said, well, it's a bunch of, they just talking, it's a bunch of bull. But what if they do have that capability and they are able to launch that missile ballistically and get it to the mainland? Shouldn't we be concerned about that to some degree? Well, the fact that we're not scrambling for that lets us know that we know a lot more than what we're telling the public. That's why I say he's not going to bust a grape. I mean, everything has been under surveillance for years. They basically know what materials they have to do what and not. That's why they know he's just he's threatening. He's threatening, and it's only causing a buzz. He don't have. He's not going to reach across the main to the main line with nothing that he has. And if he had the capability of doing it, it's going to be shot down, intercepted before it could even get out. Uh, from them. So, you know, that's the reason why there's not a buzz about it because literally he doesn't have what he says he has. It's a nice threat. Wow. Three minutes left in the show. Eric Code 256, you're on the Soul of America radio. Hey, how's it going, Tony? All right. How you doing? Hey, this is your man Curtis, man. What's going on, bro? Hey, Curtis. What's up, man? Help us out, brother. Uh, uh, not a whole lot. I'm just sorry that I'm late tuning in, but I had some unexpected occurrences going on. Okay. I kind of agree with the brother that was just speaking. Myself being a three-time prior service combat veteran myself, it's, this is my thing in a nutshell with that. I really don't feel that there's a real threat coming from North Korea as far as mm-hmm. the situation goes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, speaking for our current commander-in-chief, you got to think about it. He gave the okay to eliminate Osama bin Laden. And it's been, I mean, Components either for and against that's trying to question the president's manhood, so to speak. But you got to think about it. With all the intel that we do have, and all the the actual facts that we got, that we got that we know what's actually going on, I don't believe we should call that question an authority whatsoever and just let it make let it be what it is. Really. Wow. I agree. And, you know, I agree. That was very well spoken. You know, because he he made. I think our president, our commander in chief. Um, he pretty much laid down, you know, his track record and what he's capable of doing. So, you know, for us to, you know, say, you know, should he do this, should he not do that, I think that 
you know, history for for Mr. Obama speaks for itself when he did what he did in bringing Obama, excuse me, um, Osama bin Laden to justice. And then, too, you know, to be hasty and make any kind of, you know, overt movement um, would be hasty. Um, I think that what we're doing right now, there's BCP-2 bombers flying over, um, dropping um, uh, mock missile bombs, I mean, mock in every sense of the word, just to kind of um, let North Korea know, hey, you know, we're watching. And again, intel that's already out there, you know, let everything, let the chips follow they may. Hey, man. Now, now really, really quick, really quick, I want to say one thing. Now, uh, the, the whole thing about North Korea having nuclear capability but not having the long-range missiles, could they not possibly purchase that from the Taliban because they have purchased plans, secret plans from us, people that sell us out? And, and that's oh, this or, or a terrorist period. Could they not purchase the plans for weapons to actually meet us? Is this correct? This yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's, it's more. I think it's more okay, complicated well, than. I mean, we make it seem like they can go into the fireworks show and get something. This, it, it, <laughs> it takes some real brilliant people to get to get that kind of technology, man. I mean, it just I, I can dig. Yeah, I can dig. Hey, everybody that's not on the phone, you're finna lose us. We're gonna hang around just a few more minutes. We're gonna go into overtime in about thirty seconds. But go ahead. What were you saying? Okay. Um, I was thinking. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I was just speaking to the gentleman who was asking about uh, purchasing, you know, is North Korea getting this stuff from perhaps Iran or whatnot. I would think that that's possibly why the United States put sanctions on North Korea to stop anybody else from doing any kind of trades for trying to build any other kind of nuclear-type threat. This is, this is why we don't know if they have it or don't they have it. Um, you know, with with the intelligence that the U.S. government has and what we're not privy to, that's why I think that there's a gentleman that just recently came on. I absolutely agree with him that Mr. Obama's record speaks for itself. Let, speaks for itself. Let the chips fall where they may. Wow, well, gentlemen, look here, man. It's been a blast. We already offered the main show. We're into overtime, and I wanted to kind of thank everybody: uh, Curtis, Karad, Jonathan, Mr. Wooden. Tiki and uh, Jr. for for being involved tonight. This has been a blast. I don't know if we got anything accomplished, but I can say we can agree on one thing: the man's got some issues. Is that, can we agree on that? <laughs> no, we oh, yeah. definitely agree yeah, on that. Well, look here, brother. It's been it's been a blast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and uh, be back next Friday. And uh, Everybody just keep rolling on. I'm against the time now, and so I'm going to go ahead and let this thing slide on off. Um, Monday, check out uh, J.R. Thicklin and uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Well, 8 o'clock p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, right? And a partridge in the pantry. I can't ever get them things right. I appreciate everybody, man. It's been a good night. It's been a long night, but we got it made. Y'all take care, and we out of here.